Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Geekscape Book Club. Today, discussing Black Adam, The Dark Age. And it was indeed a dark age uh, on the heels of the new 52, which uh, we will talk more about with our panel. And it's like, I can't show it with the cover without it reflecting the screen in front of me. But uh, yeah, if if you buy this collection currently, you will see it has a picture of The Rock on it. And uh, he did indeed portray Black Adam in the film version. We'll touch on that a little bit. As always, I am Christian Butt. As is so often the case, joining me is the one, the only, Eric Adam Connor. My actual middle name. I'm not is, just is trying Adam. to. Yeah. It is Adam. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, Jeff, Adam. Yes. Jeff Winstead's middle name is Teth. So you see it all works out. Yeah. Uh, and of course, our, our third head of this Hydra discussing this is indeed Jeff Winstead, uh, the creator of The Alternate. And also, let's say a book with no glare on it, which I appreciate. Last Battle of the Revolution available in, uh, on Amazon. You got to go with the matte finish. Yeah, no, you always have to go with the matte finish. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. Glossy's for uh, suckers. <laughs> Glossy is for suckers. So, uh, Jeff Winstead, uh, I think it's important background to mention you have not seen Black Adam the film, correct? I have not. Yes. But you are here to provide background for Black Adam, the comic book character. Now, interestingly, this was a story you hadn't read, right? Because it was what posts new 52 or, or what was the reason you hadn't read this? You're very familiar with the character, but you hadn't read this story. Yeah. When, when you told me this is what we were reading, I said, Oh, if it's anything from before new 52, the odds are like 90% that I've read it. And sure enough, I had not. And I figured out why. And that's because it was written by Peter Tomasi. Oh. And at the time, Peter Tomasi was an editor at DC And I had a a real aversion to editors who then become writers. It felt very cronyism. And I just refused to read it just for that reason. 
Now, oddly enough, two years after this, he writes a Batman storyline that I did read, loved it. And then he went on to write Superman, loved it. So I'm a huge fan of his now, but at the time I just had a total reversion. So this is one of the few things that DC was putting out in 2007 that I hadn't read. What do you think about writers who go on to become editor-in-chief, specifically Tom DeFalco, uh, yeah. who I know wrote a, an era of The Amazing Spider-Man that was very near and dear to both of our hearts. That's uh, right. Yeah. So he went the other way. You know? Yeah. Well, there was, a you know, in the, the uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, this was much more common, the back and forth. Uh, mm -hmm. Denny O'Neill, Jim Shooter. Uh, Dick Giordano. By the way, Louise yeah. Simonson and Nascenti, yeah, Louis, two of Chris right. Claremont's editors, are both phenomenal right. writers. Right. Yeah. So this time where this uh, in the past, I was either more accepting of it or it seemed more like writers with skills who then became editors and they would sometimes go back to writing. Right. And I'd, I'd sort of gotten burned a couple of times in the 90s, 2000s with going the other way, which, you know, some name you would see who was only an editor and all of a sudden he's writing for the same company, often the same characters he was editing, and it didn't work out. And this, I thought this was going to be the same way, but turns out I'm, I'm a complete uh, devotee of Tomasi's now. He's a great writer, fantastic writer. Okay, so heading into uh, this uh, Dark Age storyline, what do you think is the most useful thing that perhaps we could have known heading into this that I didn't really, apart from the movie, I really didn't know anything about this character? And I know you haven't seen the movie, but what do you think if there's a couple of things that you should know about Black Adam before you crack open the Dark Age? What should you know about him? Yeah, about 75 uh, issues worth of Justice, Justice Society history. And okay. I don't want to get into a big thing off the bat, but this is my problem with this is this does not stand as a quintessential Black Adam story because there's so much pre-continuity and uh, continuity that happens that had just happened that this is a follow-up to. So this is a problem with sequential comics and with the, the era of everything gets collected as a trade. So not everything is Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen. It's not because of the quality level here. It's because this was something intended to be serialized. And it just, it reads like um, a, uh, a way station of a, of a longer story. And yeah, even, let me just interject. Sure. I feel like when we got to the end, you know, I was, it was almost to a point where I was like, okay, yeah, this is a nice little collection. And then the way it ends, you're like, oh, okay. So this was like, come back for issue seven. You Essentially, know? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Almost to the point where it invalidated the entire miniseries. I don't want to correct the ending just yet. So, oh, okay. That's what yeah, I'm going to do. I, yeah, I don't want so, to jump to the ending yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, now, now that's so, how we roll in Geekscape Book Club. We start with the end, spoil it, spoil other stories, then get yeah. to the beginning. Exactly. Every conversation exactly. we have is like the film Memento. <laughs> yeah. So just in a broad sense, I would say, it for, for what we do here, I think it failed at the level of being the Black Adam story. Now that begs the question, what is the Black Adam story? Well, there kind of sort of isn't one. This is the first book that ever had Black Adam on the title. And I think until oh, really? this year, yeah, I think until this year, this is the only, like they've done, they've done a few um, specials, like maybe a single issue here and there. They just did a new, uh, a new six issue miniseries, but that's it. So you're basically talking about, you know, Shazam stories where he's a, you know, a background character or Justice Society, which he was in just before this came out. So. Right. Yeah. And uh, the Justice Society and iteration of it do appear in the film. So, uh, yeah. you know, and yeah. and as I've told you uh, in the past that uh, 
Dr. Fate's depiction, I think, is the thing that regardless of what you think about the rest of the movie, I think you'll be like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Uh, my my pal Will Sterling uh, said that he never thought he would get to see him on screen represented well. And uh, he was wrong. Pierce Brosnan. Uh, that was all great. Uh, so, yeah. So that's good to know that that while this isn't like the definitive, this isn't the book. Uh, it's the one to apparently put the rock's face on, but then also there isn't like, oh, here's the obvious one you should have chosen. <laughs> um, Eric, I want to get your thoughts uh, heading into this with your familiarity. I think similar to mine, at least largely being from the film. Is that correct? Yeah, actually it is. Um, it's funny when you're talking about your knowledge of the character, I'm like, oh, well, wait, usually you have like, uh, you know, a much deeper sort of knowledge of the roots of the character and comics featuring them. No, but that's I when would, we I'm, pick Marvel characters. That's yeah, true. We, that's, we, that's we do right. Marvel books. I'm usually, <laughs> that's why I'm usually well versed. For the radio audience, uh, my, my uh, den looks like a place where like a, I don't know, a 12 year old, a very lonely 12 year old boy would live um, who stole his dad's CD collection. <laughs> so I couldn't even find, I thought I had Adam Smasher. So instead I'm just holding up a giant man uh pop figure i got from a comic-con many years ago and yet by the way and yet your giant man and i know this is lost in our audio audience uh looks like bud man who of course <laughs> duff man is based on but anyway oh, back course. to your point yes um but i also still have an old school steppenwolf just to keep it real uh that's great it's so you know it's funny you bring up uh jeff like the idea of like having to read a lot of justice society to really get yourself ready because that was the thing for the first i guess half issue yeah. I found myself like definitely at a disadvantage coming into this fresh. And what I really love about this book club, uh, Christian, is is the idea of like titles I haven't read, you know, and I kind of like coming in a bit blind. Like I, sure. I, don't, I don't like I didn't do a lot of Black Adam research beforehand. Uh, I did see the film, uh, but it did take a little while to kind of get into the drama of it, I found, because it. It's it name checks so many things. And this was not part of that that first wave of New 52, was it? No, no. This okay. is 2007. So this is, is it, what, five, uh, four years at least before New okay. 52. Is, yeah. it, is, this, is this the point where they realized that New 52 didn't go the way they want? Because my general uh, cons my general assumption is people weren't happy with New 52. That's you know, correct. Yeah, it was like Marvel doing Heroes Reborn, you know, or, new, was, or, or the New Coke of DC. Exactly. Well, yeah, I, I disagree on New Coke, but uh, this isn't the time for that. <laughs> I say while well, drinking my Diet Coke. Uh, so anyway, 2000, so 2016 is yeah. when they tried to course correct on New Fifty Two. Oh. So they spent about five years trying to make it work, and it just didn't. But this predates New Fifty Two by four years. Yeah. Um, and by this point, there were a couple of things at DC that I felt were going sideways. Um, the, the Identity Crisis miniseries, which uh, set up uh, a lot of weird stuff with a, a character getting murdered that they allude to here, uh, the yeah. elongated man, uh, uh, Ralph Gibney's wife, Sue. Um, so there's this, there's a holdover from that storyline here. They had just done a weekly series called, called 52, which you got 52 weeks in a year, one issue a week. It was an interesting experiment, and Black Adam was the was one of the uh, stars of that series, and that's where everything that happens before this happened was in okay. in, the, in the book Fifty Two, and in Justice Society. So the introduction of his his wife, the the ISIS character, who yes is based on the the character from the seventies live action uh, television Saturday morning television show, um, 
uh, and uh, Osiris. They 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 mentioned a couple times her brother sort of become a, a Black Adam version of the Marvel family. So the way Captain Marvel has Freddy and Mary Marvel, Black Adam had his own supporting cast of uh, super-powered you know, uh, spouse or uh, uh, yeah. in-law, I guess. So the, the key is, I guess, that he's unable to turn into Black Adam because what the, the word Shazam was changed, which is something that... I only understand because I read all six issues and it was like mid issue six that they explained this to us. Is that yeah. correct? Is that, that a fair, is that, is that me summarizing it? That's correct. And to be really simple, the, as simple as I can be, they, you'll see there's a scene maybe in the first or second issue with Captain Marvel, but it's actually Freddie Captain Marvel Jr. But he's wearing the red outfit, but no cape. Right. Because Captain Marvel is now Shazam the Wizard. So Billy oh. Batson in this time period for DC has become has taken over the Wizard's role I and see. had the power to change the word on Teth Adam. So that's what's happened. And, which, and, and then he cha- he changed it to chocolate egg cream, oh, which by the way, <laughs> much better. Anyway, I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Eric? No, I was about to say I don't think we we're I wasn't sure if we were going to spoil that, but I Oh, know, I think it's okay. That, as one, uh, as a New Yorker above me, and, and a watered down or watered down New Yorker, uh, grew up in Delaware. I know when I saw chocolate egg cream, and it was a whole page just dedicated to what goes into a chocolate egg cream. Yeah, yeah. I, I I did feel like I had reached my happy place. Yeah, that was a great. Scene. I couldn't yeah. get that. It was great, and and the payoff of it, right? He yeah. and he's like, he, he basically says like that child, you know, yeah. like that was yeah. the name. Uh, that was a really fun payoff, actually. And, it was. And this thing didn't have that much comedy. Occasional pop culture reference, but... But not, not as much as, yeah. as nah, we usually get. Yeah. Black Adam, the movie, had a bit more comedy than this book. But um, I don't know. Once yeah. I got past that first part where I was definitely confused, I definitely... I also got into the story, though. Yeah. I, at some well, point, you know, it was compared to, like, Shakespeare. Like, the first few minutes of any... Of watching a Shakespearean play... You're always like, wait, what, what, what? And then you sort of like, I don't know, let it wash over you. The yeah. way like Christian Blatt's voice washes over his crowd. <laughs> well, you yeah, I mean, it, it, it is like watching a uh, like a BBC production of Shakespeare uh, to I- indeed watch or listen to this show. You're like, I'm in time is out. Derek Jacoby the biggest overactor that I've ever seen? Or is he actually a genius? I have to keep watching because I can't tell. Uh, before we dive back in, Eric provided me with these images. Thank you very much. Uh, we're talking, of course, about uh, Isis and uh, Wonder Woman, uh, the one, the one true Wonder Woman, Linda Carter. Um, although, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not here to badmouth Gal Gadot uh, for any on-screen depiction, except, of course, for Wonder Woman 84. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, then so side by side, we have Wonder Woman and Isis. Uh, Isis. Uh, so f- so much factoring into this series um yeah i did feel i didn't feel lost in this but i felt like ah there's something that i'm kind of missing you know and i think that uh you know a lot of a lot of these uh collections that i'll read for this show in particular i don't feel lost you know you i mean something like sandman it's like it doesn't have anything to do with the sandman that came before you know so you really can start it start fresh uh, but uh, yeah, and I, I think it's interesting because this character is, I mean, he was, so he was part of the Justice Society, 
but he's not what we would consider a good guy. He's not a hero, right? I mean, I think that's a that's a fair assessment, Jeff. Yeah, interestingly, they had taken him to a point where he was basically uh, DC's version of the Submariner. So okay. he was almost he was like an anti-hero who was mm-hmm. leaning toward hero. Uh, right. I guess right up until what happened in the events before this. Right. Uh, which apparently he killed two hundred thousand people or two million people or something. Uh, so, yeah, all, but yeah, like a have, but like a million of them had it coming. So we yeah, all true. have rough days. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, you what know, can you do? Yeah, yeah. So we did hold it against right, him forever. Exactly. Yeah. So that was <laughs> the other interesting thing about this. To Eric's point, uh, uh, it, it did have a very uh, uh, it, almost like a Homeric. Like so, it's like the hero's journey. I love an Odyssey yeah, yeah, story. Yeah. It was definitely a, a, an Odyssey story, but in this case, it was distinctly the villain's journey because you knew it was doomed to failure when you start. They, they telegraphed that really early on when his, with his first failed attempt to bring, for, for just to set it up, the, the whole thing is about trying to bring his dead wife, Isis, back to life. Yeah. Um, and that's just not the way the world works. Even superhero world sometimes aren't yeah, supposed to I work think, that way. I think somebody should have just given him a, a dog-eared copy of Pet Cemetery and just been like, just <laughs> yeah, get like 30 that. pages in and you're going to see it's not a great yeah. idea. Like, sometimes you know. dead really is better. I mean, yes. we've, and we've learned this a lot, by the yes. way, in yeah. comic books, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. 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 That's, so the, it's a great point. Yeah. Go ahead. So the whole series is totally motivated by, by, by his selfishness. I mean, he yeah. really does nothing that isn't self-serving in the book. So it's a very bizarre. Um, it was, and, I, and I, I give Peter Tomasi credit that even with that, I did feel some sympathy for him. I understood where he was coming from. Uh, some of the, this is, he sort of narrates it in, in various parts through captions. Yeah. And some of that's very well written. Um, so uh, the, the art's very good. You know, I know it sounds like we're bagging on the thing, but I, I, I did enjoy the journey. It's just there's a point you get to the end of it. It's like, oh, okay. It was just a, a journey that was almost sort of unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, you know, it's a placement in the DC universe. I feel like it was a, a bit of a, a couple of missed opportunities. There's like one gag that happens like twice. One, it's like a big reveal, you know, the, the justice league and i guess oh. and the justice society are both looking the first time you see just the justice league and then the next time it's justice league and the justice society and it's like this is a cool splash page but it actually doesn't impact the story it's Not like we're looking for, i'm like i'm like yeah. oh yeah this is about to get real he's gonna yeah. take on all of that no they're yeah. just looking for him you know and i don't know i mean i wonder if that's what we were talking about in the beginning jeff that it's like Oh yeah, yeah. That continues. If you continue reading issue seven and beyond, they continue looking for him. Eventually, they catch up with him. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's not in these six issues, and I was, I, I look, I'm, I was kind of excited. I was like, you know, like the uh, the veterinarian that basically is explaining, like, no, he he saved us. Like that scene with uh, Superman and Batman. I'm like, oh, this is cool, but I was like, oh man, we could have. They're in it. And then they don't do anything. Right, right, I don't right. know. Yeah. Uh, it was a weird let me ask tease. Eric. Let me ask Eric first. What do you yeah. think about that point? So, yeah. Well, by the way, I even I'm bringing up here for our uh, our Telegraph audience out there. Uh, th- there's one page here that dealt with, I suppose, what you were just talking about, Jeff. Right. The uh, Infinite Crisis, uh, where in essence, this is where in a time of crisis we monitor everything, and they're talking about 
special teams couldn't stop. Was it uh, Specter or whoever it was? Like, so it was. It, it, yeah, like, yeah. it would occasionally like name check these like big yes. storylines without the uh, age. You know, the the good old days of like you would name check an issue and you would actually have the little asterisk with the issue number. Yeah, Didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, but to your point, Christian, yeah, I, I found like more than once it felt like there was a, a cat they were le- letting a little out of the bag only to push its head right back down. Yeah. And I thought there would be so much fun to see, in essence, the entire Justice League looking for this guy. Oh, yeah, this is one of, uh, I don't know if you want to frame it up. You can talk Christian. about it for, yeah, just describe it for our uh, audio audience. But I thought well, this was a, go ahead. Yeah, one of the things I really enjoy about the Black Adam movie, which is very present in this series as well. And then also, by the way, present in the TV show, The Boys. It's the idea of like, what kind of carnage superheroes would do on a regular basis? Like just in their, you know, thwarting a villain and throwing him around and like, where does that person land? And what kind of shape are they in when they land? Well, at this point, Black Adam is trying to get some information from one of the guys sent to kill him. And he basically flies with him up and it goes from uh, it was the atmosphere to the stratosphere to the mesosphere, and you see this guy's body turn to dust as he's flying higher and higher in the thermosphere, yeah, the, and the, he's that just doesn't doesn't make it up to the thermosphere. Yeah, yeah, and and I found like that was something in the movie they actually played it for laughs in a way that was surprisingly funny and like kind of edgy in a way that DC can be has the DC movies have been dark, but they haven't necessarily been edgy. But the idea of right. getting humor out of that in Black Adam the movie without spoiling anything for you, Jeff, like I thought they okay. did that reasonably well. And that's the stuff in the comic that I found myself kind of enjoying, like the shock and awe of it. Like there's yeah, a part it, where he's it, flying through and he slices guys in half just with yeah. his arms. It's yeah, it's interesting yeah. uh, because, you know, a, a lot of like morally ambiguous characters that I've read a lot of are Wolverine and the Punisher immediately come to mind. Sure. They can only do so much. Usually your morally ambiguous characters don't have this level of power, you know, where they can kind of do anything. You know, I mean, he's he's right up there with Superman in terms of what he can do. Uh, so I, I find it to be an interesting exploration. And yeah, because it's a more modern comic, we see some of that. Um, uh, what are some of your thoughts on, on this part of the conversation, Jeff? Yeah, as far as being dark goes, I believe this series featured cannibalism. So it gets pretty dark at a right. pretty early on. So funny, I forgot the cannibalism and, until and, you and, mentioned yeah. it. And it was it was cannibalism. It was almost like you got the sense it was like his take home, like it was his like lunchable. Right, like he was right. walking like he was, around with this guy's yeah, body parts in the satchel. Yeah, very bizarre. <laughs> and, you know, I will yeah. say to that point, like this this book did have one of the best first page first pages I've read. I, I love that. Pretty badass where he's getting. He's asking his, yeah. his, you don't really know exactly what's going on. Who's being punched. You kind of get figured out pretty quickly and you don't know why you think he's been taken hostage. Oh, yeah. Something's he, happening. He's asking, uh, you know, one of his disciples basically to punch right. him and, and yeah, right. disfigure him. They yeah. spent two days punching right. him nonstop, switching out guys yeah. to, just to make his face uh, uh, unrecognizable for the, to the authorities. Pretty cool. I kind of like that. The cannibalism I could have skipped, maybe, but but that that was actually cool. But uh, yeah, actually, as it turns out, I had read the follow up to this, so they pick oh, up okay. with, with the Faust um, uh, storyline in an issue of Justice, a couple issues of Justice Society, 
so there's never a payoff though to the Black Adam versus the Justice League Justice Society combined. Like they just drop that, you know. Um, yeah, and, so. and, and, and yeah, and and I mean that is just like I, I don't know. I mean I, I, I oddly enough I don't see those characters in comic books very often. I you know, any of them I'm like oh I know them from the movies. So I'm like <laughs> right. oh this is this could be really cool. And uh, in the cartoons, yeah. actually, that's where I feel oh. like I've spent more time with them. Yes, in the cartoons I mean, than I, any. I, I, yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time with them as a youth in the Super Friends, but uh, uh, yeah, Wendy and Marvin iteration being the finest, of course. Um, a little bit more uh, Wonder Twins, of course. Mm. Yeah, but, no one likes Wendy know. and Marvin, Christian. No one, not even their parents, like Wendy and Marvin. <laughs> Wasn't there a dog too? Super Mutt. Yeah. Super yeah. Mutt. Yeah. yeah. No it's not even crypto. Powers. It's no. not even crypto. It's, yeah. it's yeah, like crypto crypto can carry a movie. I saw that League of Super Pets movie oh, with my kids. Cute. It was all right. Yeah. You know? Uh anyway. Um, yeah, well, let's uh talk a little bit more about some of the good. I agree with what you said, Jeff. Uh uh art artistically, I think there's some great stuff to look at, you know, and uh you know, even though the story didn't pay it off, I did really like that page with the Justice Society and the Justice League. You know, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And then you're just like, hey, what happened to that cool thing I just read like four pages ago? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. nothing. Yeah. So, so but, Doug Monkey, the 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 artist on this book, was an yeah. established talent by this point. He had done a run on Justice League. He had done a run on Superman. He's really good at drawing big, muscular guys. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, really beautiful women. He, he, there's a panel he drew an issue of uh, Wonder Woman in an issue that is just frozen in my mind, just a single close-up of her face. It's one of the best Wonder Woman illustrations I've ever seen. So he's a great artist. And his, he has a couple of uh, the chocolate egg cream scene. Yeah. He, the rendering of Black Adam in that scene is just really well done. His face, the first time he changes uh, earlier in the book, any close-up in particular is really well he just looks like a really distinct character. He doesn't look like Superman in a black costume, Captain Marvel in a black costume. He just has a really d- distinct look. So I, I did think the art was exceptional in the book. Yeah, I was wondering if he was, uh, you know, picking this up and like, is he going to look like Captain Marvel slash Shazam just in a, di- you know, in a darker suit, you know? Right, right. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I mean, it, uh, it, it seems he doesn't look like The Rock, but that's okay. Right, <laughs> you know. <no. laughs> No one looks like The Rock. I don't, that's you know, a, that's a great point. No but, one looks like The Rock. But yeah, Jeff, ahead, you, you're also bringing up how he draws women. I, I don't know if you want this panel or not, Christian. But is this one of the ones that uh, you sent me, or is this? No, uh, no, I didn't send this one because okay. uh, you know that's all right. Wanna, well, I don't want to send you uh, smut. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's, uh, yeah, <laughs> we don't want to bring forth the smut. All right, bring forth the smut. Here you go, kids. I can't. Oh yeah, I know. That's uh, is, was that uh, that's ISIS just, getting regenerated. Basically. Yeah, ISIS getting regenerated. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's well, a that that that's a very like image comics uh, style. Oh my uh, god, yeah. yeah, yeah. And my wife was like over my shoulder, like I was reading this, and she walked by, and she's like, "What are you looking at?" <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just one I, panel. I, yeah. I, I swear, it, honey, the rest of this because, is, is utter violence. You it's know, because you had it tucked into the newest issue of Hustler magazine. That's why she was. Uh, <laughs> What's well, because no? Down. I mean, I, it's because she woke up with me with this page open, cuddling <laughs> it, and that, yeah. that might have been the problem. <laughs> yeah, that might have been. It. It. Yeah, but Eric, if you can find it real quick, um, yeah. there's a the page with the the, the veterinarian, the the yeah. woman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's explaining to Black Adam why she actually, even though he was unconscious for two hours, why she went ahead and patched him up. 
Yeah. It's a beautifully drawn face, and it doesn't it doesn't need to be that well drawn because it's you know it's a, it's a pedestrian scene. But he does a really good job uh, well, I, portraying I, 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 that. I will find it. I also like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- like this isn't so much. A, well, what, yes. While you find it, uh, you know, it's not yeah. so much about the uh, the artwork itself, but that in particular, you know, that's a very matter of fact explanation uh, that she gives there. All right. Well, now that Eric has it, uh, we'll show. Yeah. I mean, that I agree with you. You know, when I read comics as a kid, uh, there was never. <laughs> There was never a panel of just some, you know, of a, a you know, an angry person uh, just drawn that well. You know, nobody was rendered yeah. that well. And part of it it's was the a, printing process. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you uh, on that, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, this is one of the better scenes, I think, in the book. The only thing that kind of ruined it for me was Black Adam leaves them. And then the people who are who are sent to kill Black Adam show up and they're in their basically assaulting and threatening to kill the veterinarians he comes back and rescues them but he he does it he's snide about it he says you're welcome like, yeah well dude they're only in trouble because you were there in the first place i mean <laughs> I, know. I, I know i know it, you're i know you're kind of like a villain but that was that was unnecessary you didn't have to run it, it, it in like yeah it's to prove a point i i yeah, did yeah. like the point that the veterinarian made though the you know the representation the face that went with it kind of talking about here's what would happen you know, if I tried to not revive you, you know, I like my town. Yeah. I don't want everybody to die in it. Another yeah. moment that I liked was when he just kind of uh, explains, this is very late in it, uh, rocking a solid Seattle Mariners hat. Uh, and he says, uh, if it gives you and your associates any comfort in the netherworld, I will be deprived <laughs> of my sensory organs and forced to eat my own excrement for all eternity. My soul and shadow will be burned in a cauldron of hellfire. And I will be forced to swim in the blood of my victims. Yeah, well, Judgment Day is a bitch. Every that, day that, that's how I felt the first time I tried kombucha. <laughs> Very similar effect on me. Um, well, yeah. it, it, if I could go back to the vet scene for one second. Yeah, sure. One, one almost like throwaway moment is then the, um, the Justice League shows up to basically interview them. And yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed, there's some dude who's like half his body is in the ceiling. Yes, I and so oh, like, yeah. and it, and it's like one of those like little kind of throwaway images. I'll I'll, I'll just hold it up real quick for those who are watching this on the, the, their homes. Like right there, it's just in the background. They don't even make a big thing of it. It's just this <laughs> yeah. dude. It's just very matter of fact. I I did like that detail. Yeah. Yeah, and and I found like yeah that moment with the veterinarian. You're right. It's it was like a really good subplot that was short but to the point and actually had an impact and. Right, that idea of like if you freak out here, you're gonna kill this whole town, and it was a great reminder too. Like her logic was really unique, and if anything, I thought that could have been a whole issue right there. Yeah, it's just that storyline and of like what do you do look, when someone had, like this shows up? We've had variations on that in not just superhero media. The the you know small town doctor who unfortunately lingered for a few extra minutes, and then somebody shows up, and you know and there's a lot of different ways that could have gone, but I mean, the fact that we all noticed it and we're all talking about it shows that I think it is really well done. You know, it is kind of interesting uh, in a lot of ways, you know, that, uh, you know, that I don't even know that it's a trope, but it is something that happens with some regularity that uh, I thought that they were able to put a, a, an interesting and unique spin on it. You know, while we're talking about small towns, because uh, it was brought up, 
I need to very selfishly focus on this diner scene that we have. Because although it doesn't look like it, it is set in Warwick, New York. Uh, now myself, I am from the village of Greenwood Lake, New York, which resides within the town of Warwick, New York. So completely random nice. that uh, I'm reading this. I'm like, I got to let me let me put the glasses on because I must not have read that. Oh, my gosh. That's it's my town. You know? <laughs> wow. Uh, so it was just such a random moment. And I know it's not really relevant to the greater appreciation of it. But I was just like, I, I was like who the, the writer, the editor. So like. Who knows that town? Nobody knows that town. This was know? still at a time when DC was still in New York City. So maybe someone was from the yeah. outskirts of the city. Uh, who knows? But it's interesting. Yeah. When my when my wife wrote the episode of uh, Mad Men that she wrote, she tried to put Greenwood Lake in the script. And, you know, it just uh, somebody was dealing in real estate and uh, just it didn't make it to the screen. So uh, <laughs> this is one of those moments. Although they do go uh, they do go to my town in uh, one of the later seasons of The Sopranos. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it happens. It shows up. But uh, it, it's interesting, though, because uh, so the character he's in that diner with, that's a member of the Justice Society, correct? That's uh, that's Adam, Smasher. Adam Smasher. That's yeah. Adam Smasher, who we see yeah. in the movie. And I kind of really liked that dynamic because these two didn't fight. They both know what could have happened. And that's what made me think of that scene is the way we were talking about the veterinarian scene. This is a lot of like, we know the level of carnage and devastation that can be caused. Should we really do that? Yeah. Is that worth it right now? And the answer is no, it wasn't for this point, you know? So uh, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here that could have felt familiar and we didn't, we didn't get that. So there were some surprises, you know, and uh, you know, just random things like, you know, he goes through that, that uh, sunken, a Chinese submarine, you know, and he's like, "Oh boy, there's all these dead people here." Oh, but look how happy the fish are. Uh oh, boy, Aquaman's gonna be pissed that there's a, that a nuke went off under the water, you know. And I was like, "Yeah, Aquaman is gonna be pissed," <laughs> you know. Uh, I think he'll probably be able to figure out it was you, but in any case, you know, I just there's little touches like that that I'm like, I don't know. This didn't feel like anything I'd read before. You know, and I haven't read a lot of DC. I'm always very upfront about that. But that's a big reason why we have this show. Um, so for the most part, I enjoyed it. But I really felt like, oh, man, just some kind of payoff. I don't know. If he had revived ISIS at the end, and then that set off onto whatever the next adventure was, or if he was actually unsuccessful. But instead, it's like, <laughs> fooled you, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, terribly disappointing, indeed. Yeah, I felt for that reason. And it didn't it didn't really plant that twist either. Like I, no, I think that tw no. if you had a little bit earlier, then that would have felt like earned. And it wasn't yes. earned; it was random. And yeah, and I guess in some ways, okay. Now I I I did definitely want to like read the next issue and be like, okay, does he ever get ISIS back now that she's seemingly back in our world? But uh, you know, like. It, it, it did feel a little uh, Scooby-Doo-ish in some ways. Yeah. You know, like, thank yeah, God no, you can't true. tell a male it, skeleton from a female skeleton. It's true. Black Adam would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling kids. You know, And it was really the old man at the amusement park who really was behind <laughs> it in this as well. Uh, if, if only. Um, 
but uh, I don't know what were uh, some of the the big takeaways from this six issue experience for you, Eric. Just sort of you know the the pros and cons. We've touched on individual things, but uh, yeah. are you motivated to uh, pursue uh, subsequent stories? You know, I I. I would be i actually like definitely like took a look to see okay new age number seven you know see if comiXology has it cheap or you know whatever you know marvel uh, dc deals they got floating around so i don't know if i was going to spend money but at least i'd spend a discounted amount of money on it or or bum it off of you if you have it jeff Uh, (laughs) you know i i enjoyed the. it'd be interesting that you would drive all the way to palm springs just to borrow just to say just to save five bucks in the comic yes massive win um gatsby damned um you know i i found i i enjoyed that it was a villain's journey as you put it before jeff like I, i really liked that i think i did find myself weirdly rooting for this guy now if i had read the issues before of him, I don't know, destroying several hundred thousand innocent lives, maybe he wouldn't have liked him as much, you know, but instead I'm bringing with it, not that backstory. I'm bringing with it a little bit of the movie. Of course, it's kind of hard to keep, keep that completely out of the mind, but I, I did find myself weirdly rooting for him, wanting him to get back with his, his lost love. Uh, if nothing else, maybe to bring peace, not just to him, but to the world around him that he's like, He's, he's kind of not necessarily destroying, but at least leaving a pretty decent trail of damage. Uh, I, I think the storytelling versus Marvel, it did feel like it, it, it almost had a little bit of ADHD at times. Like it would start to go down another road and then quickly come back in ways that I found kind of frustrating as someone who didn't read the issues before this. But I, I did think like, okay, this was like it actually stuck with a certain tone like throughout pretty much the whole run it didn't it didn't try to sugarcoat it it didn't try to soften the blow this is a violent sociopathic character who as you put it before christian very selfish like it's his 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 choices are not about a greater good and and he will sacrifice his followers he will sacrifice friends you know even like when he goes against uh hawkman like that was a buddy of his um and and he one of my favorite lines was the uh, on a wing and a prayer when he dropped the Hawkman from you know I don't know if it was the stratosphere the megasphere uh, but in essence like he was not above killing Hawkman if need be to for his own gain and so I, I was like okay that's pretty dark that's Tony Soprano that's like a true anti hero who's not really a hero at all and and on that end that's where I think it was really impressive it went there. And it stayed there and it wasn't afraid to sort of swim in those waters for multiple issues. Yeah, no, I thought that uh, the the interaction with uh, Hawkman, I think, is probably the thing that felt felt the most like the movie, actually, mm-hmm. uh, because that is a great sequence in the movie. And uh, yes, this was uh, for our our visual audience. Uh, you can see what uh, what Eric is uh, speaking about uh, a wing and a prayer. And then you also liked the moment uh, that follows this, where he asked to borrow a cell phone. Uh, <laughs> he's all, he's all beaten up. Um, you know, talking a little bit about the ADHD of it, uh, there's this storyline that runs throughout that there's this group that has been tasked with the uh, killing someone who's theoretically unkillable, uh, and then it's like the, there's this reveal that it's tied to the president. Uh, you know. 
And it's like, okay, the president looks like Casey Kasem. I'm just going to move on from that. I don't know who this president is, you know. Uh, but I didn't, uh, I, I don't know. I felt like it was another one of those opportunities that I was just like, uh, okay, am I supposed to be surprised? Because I feel like U.S. presidents in uh, in fiction in general are not. And you know what? In the real world, too, not above uh, putting together uh, an, an elite uh, team to, uh, you know, take out somebody that they think needs to be taken out. I mean, you know, so this is like a, a SEAL Team 6 that has uh, some, you know, some invented uh, weaponry and, uh, you know, that actually damaged him. I mean, the moment where uh, he thinks to himself, like, if that had hit me in the head, I actually would have died, you know. Uh, what do you think about uh, about this part of it, Jeff? Yeah, I had the same thought. It was sort of left dangling. Like, yeah, yeah. they allude to the president. They kind of allude to the, maybe it's a UN team. Then yeah. there's like some third party who's who's like kind of behind it, but unofficially. And there's a they never don't really pay off who that guy is. Like, am I supposed to recognize this guy? Because I've been reading DC comics for you know fifty, you know, almost forty years. I don't recognize him at all. Uh, it's just things like that left dangling. There's there's a one page scene of Talia Al Ghul that goes nowhere. It's just you know just basically to say hey somebody used a Lazarus pit, which oh. the whole that Lazarus pit thing is a is a Ra's Al Ghul uh, Batman concept where uh, Ra's Al Ghul will be you know close to death. He goes into one of these pits. It revives him. There are these various pits located throughout the globe, and only he knows the location. Yeah, pits. I think we talked about that actually when yeah. uh, when Neil Adams passed away. We uh, yes. we did an issue of uh, the first appearance of Razak Ghoul actually. Yeah, and uh, yeah, see, look at that. That's something that I actually remember hey, from the DC see? comic that yeah. I read. Yeah, There's, but again, you know, if you're just reading this cold, they don't explain it. Yeah. The, the Hawkman. See, I'm glad Eric mentioned it. It's a great scene, also very powerfully drawn. Like it yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, yeah, two yeah. really powerful guys just going at it, which is which is pretty awesome. But that's a great example of uh, Black Adam is narrating that scene through captions uh, early on. But fail, for the reader, it would have been a great opportunity to say, this is Hawkman, my former teammate on the Justice Society. Mm -hmm. He's also the reincarnation of the Pharaoh I served in ancient Egypt. They don't mention that at all. So these, no. these two have a, have a lifetime, of uh, multiple lifetimes of history together, just totally left, uh, just, you know, uh, red meat they just they didn't even throw to the walls where they could have easily sort of bought some currency of uh, adding some more a different level of importance to that fight that they just didn't do now you're making me think that whenever we read these uh these dc books we should do like a like a zoom a zoom call screen share each page as we read it and then jeff you'll just kind of it'll be like the old vh1 <laughs> pop-up video so you'll just explain the things. It's like, yeah, here's what they didn't tell you. Uh, because that's fascinating that Hawkman is the reincarnation of the Pharaoh that yeah, uh, yeah. he served. I'm like, oh, that's cool. There's a there's a lot more to that dynamic. I mean, it's not essential for the fight that happens in this story. No, no, but not at all. It, it adds a layer to it that makes yes. it uh, yeah. fascinating, really. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. And you're right. It, it was like a misdramatic opportunity, as good as that scene is. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I really enjoyed that scene as mentioned. But when it, when you're describing, it, I was like, oh, geez, like there's a whole other thing. They. Yeah. It, it and by the way, it's in there. it's so good that that is what's on the the back cover is yeah. that. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I love how they drew him like Hawkman. I, I yes. They did such a great job, and when his like his mask is like breaking, and you see he's bleeding. Um. Yeah. No, you very much felt the the. 
impact of, of their blows to against yeah. each other. Um, that's a shame. Yeah. yeah, we need to. No, no, it is, Jeff. You should record maybe yourself as you read it and speak out <laughs> loud, and then we can listen to it while we read. It's, sure, like, a director's director's com- commentary. it's like a director's yeah. commentary. Yeah. You only hear him speak up when it's necessary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, it's, in this book, it was necessary almost every panel. But that was a degree of frustration, even though I really enjoyed it. But there yeah. was just so much where it's like, oh, this is what is setting up this. And I know this because I've read the majority of the stuff leading up to it. But I can't imagine if you're coming in cold, how that – it made me think, Christian, about you know when you were growing up reading the X-Men, yeah. having read you know some of the X-Men uh, either in a, a random issue here and there because I wasn't a regular reader. In almost every issue, there's a shot of the mansion. There's a caption that tells you it's the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. Yeah. There's another thing that tells you who the X-Men are. There's panels that almost explain every character. Now, if you're reading a collection, that gets tedious. But for that idea of every issue might be a reader's first, which I know is not the same now that comics can't be bought at convenience stores and kids aren't reading them as much. But there was something between that and what we got, I think, would have served the reader better and been yeah. a better reading experience, especially... No, I- collecting it in this way with a rock cover on it i think i think uh digital killed the comic book star because the fact (laughs) is that oh should i pick up issue seven or should i read one through six that i don't have to go and try and track down i'm just gonna read them you know on my phone perhaps and then i'll be caught up you know so yeah that that whole thing uh from when we were kids all of us that every comic book, it's like, it's everybody's first issue. I talk a lot about the first X-Men that I ever read was X-Men, Uncanny X-Men 176. And Scott Summers is on his honeymoon with Madeline Pryor and he fights a squid. That doesn't seem like a good entry point for anyone. <laughs> There's like one panel about an ongoing story with the Morlocks. I was like, well, I want to know more about that. I don't know what any of this was. And but you didn't feel as lost because of the fact that they take the time. And, yeah, you're right. We don't get that anymore, but we probably should. You know, but TV doesn't do that anymore either because they're like people are binging, you know, like four seasons of this show. So we have. I mean, here's the thing we didn't have. Right. We didn't have Google. Like more than once as I was reading this, I found myself like, oh, I think that's Adam Smasher. Uh, and lo and behold, like I do a quick search code. Yes, it is. So yeah. I, I remember as a kid, right? Like when I would, same thing, Christian, like I'd read these comics and they would, as mentioned before, they would allude to other issues. And if I had those, sometimes I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I remember that one. And I'd actually open the box, go through and find oh, it. Oh, yeah. And so it was, and also having the, like the Marvel encyclopedia, you know, I, I mean, there was something like so kind of fun about like, you know, it's almost like studying the liner notes of an old record, you know, like you basically find all this information by investigating and yeah. it was encouraged. And now you could still do it. Just it goes so much faster. And, right. you know, yeah. and, the, and and Stan, Stan Lee obviously loved his exposition. You know, he would no, but, throw it I at mean, us two honestly, scoops at a time. Honestly, yeah. to keep it on the, the X-Men for a moment, when classic X-Men started, that was the only way that I ever read those stories because it's just I couldn't afford to buy them and they weren't collected properly at that time. Yeah. Similarly, uh, one of the most shows, if I if I'm not in on a TV show when it starts, I usually don't pick it up. The one that I ever did that with was the X-Files. I think I was like the middle of season two. 
And I, and then when that went into syndication and reruns, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to like, you know, actually get in on the beginning. And now it's like, neither of those dilemmas, if you want to know more, you're right, Eric, you don't have to like download all these comics. You don't have to find the streaming service. No, it was a Google. It was like, who's this guy, <laughs> you know? And then you've got your answer. And uh, you know, but I did feel, I did feel a little lost. But look, the the summary is that I enjoyed this story. Uh, I would like to know more stories with uh, Black Adam that are worth reading. But it seems like, to Jeff's point, it's a lot of like longer runs in Justice Society, right? Yeah, they they actually did. I, I've seen um, collect with a rock cover a, a Justice Society story called Black Rain R E I G N okay. that oh, yeah. is a, is previous to this story. Okay. And, and sets up some of the things that we read here. That is a very good story. It also has Dr. Fate, uh, Hawkman, uh, Adam Smasher explains that relationship that we did. The, we get the payoff in the diner in this scene uh, from, from that relationship there. Uh, so again, I don't know that it really functions as a standalone story, but I do feel that's a Jeff Johns written uh, comic. So I, I do feel you could probably read it and get the nut of it. Okay. Um, it's it, 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 humorously enough if you were like the, almost like the quintessential black adam story or the story that you would read to understand the character is power shazam which was a uh, uh, uh obviously a captain marvel shazam story right. that was done in the mid 90s that if uh if dc movies were marvel movies would have been the premise of the the dc movie shazam because it's basically him versus black adam black adam's his opposite number like just like right. all the first wave Marvel movies have the Marvel characters fighting their opposite num- number. You know, Iron Man mm-hmm. fights Iron Monger. Uh, uh, Red Skull is essentially a failed super soldier of a Nazi. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ant Man fights Yellow Jacket. Black Panther fights an evil Black Panther. You know, so that's sort of like the Marvel formula. DC probably would have done that if they would have were following that formula. So, uh, by the way, Christian, I did earlier uh, say, "Hey Siri, who is Mister Terrific?" <laughs> and so, like, I did. Oh, in fact. As I said it, my Siri just lit up and yep. is trying to tell me again. I, I I did like that he had the silk jacket like a, like an eighties wrestler that said Mr. Terrific on the back. Um yeah, I that that was one of those where I'm like, I'm just gonna keep reading. But uh Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that yeah. name too much to let it go. Mr. Like, Terrific. I need I need yeah. to know more. He's a great character, by the way. So if you ever he's in that Justice Society stuff. So if you if you ever read that, it's really good. I did love that scene though. Like it's very early in the first issue. And they're visiting, I guess, is, is it Balia? So it's the country that Black yeah. Adam, I guess, decimated all these people. And so it's half the Justice Society. And one says to another, uh, let's keep it low key because these people are really afraid of uh, people with superpowers right, right now. Right. I'm like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be wearing your costumes then. Yeah. You know, if you're just here on a scouting mission for the UN, like maybe you just show up in, in like fatigues or something. You know, I don't know. The, Khaki pants and a, the, a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, the scene that uh, Eric focused on earlier where he flies up to the satellite, you know, and then drags that poor bastard up there with him, uh, you know, and he just kind of looks in the uh, into the satellite and talks directly to them, uh, I think was a was a it was a very cinematic moment. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see that in, uh, yeah. you know, some some future uh, James Gunn. Uh, you know, themed movie that uh, that Black Adam appears in. I think that movie didn't actually it wasn't successful uh by what they consider success domestically 
But I mean, you've got the rock signed on to be part of your universe. So I yeah, can't yeah. imagine that we yeah. don't see more of this character, you know. And by the way, Guns uh, just teased Mr. Terrific a couple of days ago in a oh, tweet. He, I saw that. He's yeah. really focused on Lobo, by the way. Uh, I've seen James Gunn even before the DC announcement. He posted a picture of Lobo. Uh, yeah. so Is that I what Momoa is doing? Uh, yeah, I think that, that that's a theory that Jason Momoa could be Lobo in addition to, of course, being yeah. Aquaman. You know, so I guess what, we'll what, what is he, he's the Peter Sellers of uh, the DC universe, <laughs> which by the way, I'm not completely okay with. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he's, cool he's got it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, so look, I, I enjoyed this uh, story, I like the character, uh, I'm intrigued. Uh, but yeah, I think that they need to select the you know, they should really push forth the right books. Slap the rock's face on the essential collection. This didn't do a good job of telling me what I should read next, you know, yeah. uh, other than just getting issue seven of this series. You know, there's like a, a Shazam collection. There's a Shazam that has a picture of Zachary Levi from the poster. So I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't know exactly what that is. So, um, yeah. And I think that, um, I don't know, maybe digitally they uh, do a better job letting you know, you know, what you should read next. But um, for the most part, I enjoyed it. I just think it missed the mark a little bit. There's a couple. I think I think it would have been really easy for this to be a great story. I think it's a good story. Uh, does anybody uh, does, do either of you disagree with that assessment or is that uh, fairly accurate to your feelings? I'll ask you first, Jeff. Uh, no, I agree. I, it, I, I was entertained for sure. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Definitely, as I mentioned earlier, frustrated, and uh, you know, even having read uh, a lot of stories that came after this and stories that came before, they like there is no issue seven of this. Like, this is it. This is a six issues and done. Okay, so it was just a miniseries. I, I, when you reached in the seventh issue, I thought you were just joking. Like, oh no, this is it. No, it was kind Diana. of a joke. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I thought that 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 it continued. And, Wait, yeah, it doesn't I, pick up that plot thread at all. Not no, I will. The, the the ISIS plot thread is picked up in issue I don't know twenty eight or something of Justice Society. Oh, so okay. you have to read a whole different series right. to to follow that. And there might be some other like weekly DC thing did called Countdown or something. I can't, I can't remember. I but this is this yeah. is more confusing than all the Secret Wars two crossovers. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and that's the thing. Comics are soap operas, but it gets really confusing when you're crossing in and out of different titles. You're creating titles out of whole cloth just to do this story, yeah. which, as we mentioned, usually, is almost invalidated by the sixth issue. Usually you're following the narrative of General Hospital doesn't revolve around also making sure you checked out these 10 episodes of Ryan's Hope and this two-hour <laughs> special of Days of Our Lives. And uh, if all, I of which, work... all of which I, I did, though, and no, it, I know, yes, it yeah, in my knowledge of General Hospital, in a way, yeah, no, I, I know you, you, you did a PhD on true. guiding light, so <laughs> that um, would be a crossover because that was a different network, Christian. Yeah, no, hey, it does happen sometimes, you know. <laughs> but, although I, I do feel after hearing Jeff talk about this, I feel like Jeff was playing chess and you and I were playing Go Fish, uh, in terms of our <laughs> knowledge of this, like, yeah, 100%. Well, I, I, I was I, my sympathies were with you both when I as I was reading because I thought oh my god if I'm lost in yeah. places or feel a little like but that who is this again and what that, refreshing my memory I can only you know, imagine sometimes sometimes it works because you don't know you're lost I think yeah. Eric and I both knew we were lost yeah, uh, yeah you yeah. know my my wife uh, enjoyed all of the Harry Potter movies but never read a page of any of the books because they're like 700 pages and she would have friends who would be like. 
oh, but did you not understand this or that that was missing from the, she's like, no, I didn't read the book. I didn't know that, you know, yeah. it's like sometimes, you know, you don't, you don't need, you know, you don't actually yeah. need to know more. This is one where it would have helped. And it's what we're talking about. The little asides, you know, the little asterisk from the editor that's like, oh, by the way, you know, if you really want to know about this, read this. Or maybe he's reincarnated from the Pharaoh, well, you know, little things you know, like that. What were you going to say? Your Aaron? point. I mean, and by the way, this one of my my wife, Lauren's biggest pet peeves is when they put the movie on the cover. This oh, is yeah. Her feeling for books. I, I she hasn't read many graphic novels, but I, I as much as we we love Dwayne Johnson in this household. It's still, it's kind of like, oh, come on. But I get it. More people are going to read it. They should do it. It's smart. Uh, but I, I think, like, also they missed an opportunity. And here, in terms of alluding to, like, giving us a little bit of backstory, like, usually, like, I, I found when it was collections of comics, they'll oftentimes kind of give you a little bit of uh, context, yeah. you know, and, and give you maybe a small on-ramp or at least tell you what issues this connects this one, I found that information was actually a little hard to come across, come, uh, come across because it, even like looking online after I read this, I was kind of like, okay, so where does this link? Yeah. And that information wasn't readily available, which again, feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And to, to Jeff's earliest point at the beginning of our conversation, that this might not be the definitive work, uh, the definitive Black Adam story. I couldn't find one. The What you referenced, Black Rain, I saw that in there and I'm like, oh, but it's a justice society story. Let me find something that's him. So, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know. It should be as simple as, you know, on DC's website, you know, put this out, you know, link to it on HBO max when the movie ends up over there and just let people know where they can, uh, read more, make it clear. Uh, I don't know, but, uh, you know, I'm interested to see some of the some more of this character. I'd like to see him interact uh, with the DC universe proper. And, you know, after seeing the movie, you know, the idea of watching him with the Justice Society is something that I think I would be open to in the future. Speaking of the future, uh, before we wrap things up here, we want to let everybody know about next month which is going to be a very unique installment of the Geekscape Book Club. We will be focused on a Black Panther storyline called Sturm und Drang. It is from the year 2000. Uh, the year 2000. <laughs> I thought about not doing it, and I did it anyway. Uh, and that's what that pause was. I'm like, yep, I'm doing it. It's from the year 2000. And uh, it's a story about uh, Atlantis invading Wakanda. So anyone who saw Wakanda forever thought like, well, that might be a good one to read. Uh, so we're going to read that. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, attending Los Angeles Comic-Con, you can see us live uh, do this conversation as a panel. Uh, or you can just you know wait for the audio to show up after the fact. But uh, December 3rd, 2.30 to 3.30, and I believe it is room 406. Uh, you can, of course, just uh, contact myself on social media at Christian DMZ, assuming Twitter is still around then, but it is also my Instagram. And uh, you'll be able to uh, see us uh, as well. And uh, we'll have a few different friends with us uh, talking about that story and uh, how it relates to the film. And, you know, we might also talk about uh, some other Black Panther storylines. Uh, there was like a 25 part Black Panther story that I remember from Marvel Comics Presents. And uh, I mean, that was a weekly comic. 
and uh, they were broken up into 10, 10 page stories. That's like where we got the Wolverine Weapon X explanation was Marvel Comics Presents. But boy, a 25 part Black Panther story that dealt with apartheid. Um, it's really well written, but it may have been lost on a 12 year old me. <laughs> uh, but that's where you'll find us uh, in the future. And uh, I know Eric will be there and we've got some other friends who've been on before uh, who will be with us. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we're going to uh, close the book on this storyline. And speaking of books, oh, I banged my microphone. It was like it's such a totally professional segue and then just bad tech. Uh, so <laughs> I'm a low rent. Uh, but uh, speaking of books, The Last Battle of the Revolution, now available by our guest, Jeff Winstead. And uh, you mentioned uh, that there's uh, some some good things happening with the alternate in 2023, correct? Yeah, early in the year, Antarctic Press is printing at least those first six issues of the alternate um, in an anthology called Exciting Comics. I just saw the cover for the third issue, which is by me. Um, so I'm really excited about it. So I'll be sometime in the first of the year. Okay. You'll see. Yeah, well, that's that might I think that's although I've read it already, that could be a good yeah. uh, entry for the book club. Um, and, yeah, especially uh, if we critique it like in, in really nasty ways while yeah. we're here. Take a look at issue four, panel six. I thought issue number seven lacks depth. <laughs> you uh, that, that's always the danger. You <laughs> Worst metal man ever. <laughs> um, but, uh, and uh, Jeff, obviously, if people do want to find you on social media, how do they do that? Just add Jeff Winstead and all the stuff. All the stuff. All yeah. the stuff. And uh, Eric Connor, where do people find you? Uh, at Count Eric Connor, not on quite all the stuff, but where the stuff matters, Instagram and the the skeleton that is Twitter. You can get me there. I also hang around Facebook, Eric Adam Connor. You can I find know. me there as by, well. By the next time we do this show, we might be like, and you can find me on Hive and Mastodon. <laughs> and I don't even know what else, you know, but uh I I'm I, I might just ride or die Instagram and be like that's enough you know or just off uh, on MySpaces I mean they're just sitting there right I mean I I I, I actually like don't know my login to my MySpace and it's an email it. address for a domain I don't own anymore so I actually can't get into my MySpace uh, Christian I can't do any social media called Mastodon if your former boss used that reference um, very often on his show. I don't even remember. He's talking about was, Dennis Miller, but I don't remember. He's about the, Mastodon heating themselves over Mastodon turds. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the that that's the that's the uh, platform I'll start. Mastodon turds. Uh, but I can be found at Christian DMZ. Uh, if uh, you want any more information, maybe you know, maybe you're half listening to this, and you're like, wait a minute, you think two weeks from now. I am going to be at LA Comic Con. How do I get to that panel? Just uh, just send me a message. I will be more than happy to help remind you when you can see us. And I'm looking forward to that. That should be fun. Uh, there'll be a, there's actually a lot of great uh, Geekscape panels. Um, ours may be at the same time as the LeVar Burton panel, and I'm not going to lie. I'm very nervous about that. Never heard of him. Irrelevant. I, irrelevant I, actor. I, I would rather see Jordy LaForge than see me. But I have I've signed up to host this panel and uh, I'll be there um, in any case. Thank you to everyone. Uh, thank you to Eric Connor, Jeff Winstead. 
And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time on the Geekscape Book Club. But until then, keep reading. We'll, we'll talk to you next month. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 